Miles Crawley is the most interesting transfer in the SWAC and one of the most important players on the Grambling. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire, but I appreciate you for checking in here and making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusive. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode starts with a word from our sponsor and is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and they will throw in a free Yeti tumbler with every order. And today's episode ends with North Carolina Central really highlighting the Blue Bloods preseason FCS All-American list. And when I say highlighted, I mean in reference to all of the other HBCUs. But we start with a double feature, a two-part on Miles Crawley because he is not only one of the most important players for the Grambling Tigers, he is also, in my opinion, the most interesting transfer into the SWAC this year. To me, there is no player whose circumstance, stature, position, all of those things coming together create more intrigue than Miles Crawley, the new quarterback for the Grambling State Tigers. Now, I'll be very clear and upfront. I do have positional value very high in how I'm weighing this transfer. Like if there was a running back with all of the same factors or if there was a, a wide receiver with all of the same factors, we might not be having that conversation today. That might not be something that I'm talking about. It would be an intriguing transfer. For example, I think Isaiah Guthrie is a, is a phenomenal player and a very intriguing transfer to Jackson State. However, when you combine all of the things that I'm looking at, once again, positional value, context, you know, like where he is, all of those things come into play. And I'll start it off with the fact that he used to be an Alabama State Hornet. That's the largest source of fascination for me when it comes to him transferring from Alabama State to Grambling. Because a lot of times you'll see a player transfer when there's probably not a chance of them starting. Or there's something that happened in there that kind of just he, he's ready to go or he has to go. It's one or the other. He either has to go or he's ready to go. And I would be really interested to see what it is because from the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like he would have to go because he's left. And now you still see people saying the other guy might take D Davis's job. And that's really what it is, is that you left Alabama state and I don't have any inner conversations in my ear that I, that I personally know, but 
D Davis's job doesn't seem to be absolutely solidified. Even if you want to say it's his job to lose, it doesn't seem to be solidified. So you went from a place where you could have fought for the, for the right to be the starter to another place where it seemed like you did, even though I think it's pretty clear now that he is going to be the starter. If there was even a battle at all, to be honest, maybe you felt like it was, Davis's position to lose and you didn't want to be fighting an uphill battle if you're going to fight in a battle you wanted to all be on evil even playing field excuse me maybe that was the case I don't know but what I do know is that if D Davis doesn't start for Alabama State it's going to bring my eyes to this move even more why did Miles Crawley decide to leave because in many people's mind he's a starting level quarterback who simply has not gotten the opportunity to showcase why people have such belief in him. But you could have showed it where you was recruiting. It just, I'm not going to beat a dead horse and say the same thing 17 times or 17 different ways. But what I will say is you brought in a swack foe or swack rivals opponent, right? Or excuse me, a swack rivals quarterback to be your starting quarterback. When it seemed like he had a chance to start where he was. There's probably a little bit more to that story, and this isn't even on some revenge game or something of that that nature. It's just Darian's intrigued into the inner workings of what went on behind the scenes. But then another thing is he's partnered with Hugh Jackson. I don't know if I've said this on the record publicly that I think this is a very high-pressure season for Hugh Jackson. I think I might have said that a year ago before he even went into Grambling, because I do believe there is a lot of pressure on Hugh to reform immediately. Immediately. I really do. I think there needs to be success. And I'll dive into that some other time, right? I won't do that right now, but I will dive into that conversation sometime during the offseason because he wasn't good his first season. So now I think there's a lot more pressure on Grambling and specifically Hugh Jackson in year two of this regime, especially with all of the things that he's been doing with the, the optics and all of that. Right. But the reason I put Hugh Jackson here is Miles Crawley is a quarterback. Obviously, we've established that the most important player on the field. Right. The quarterback is nine times out of 10, the most important player on your team in very few exceptions. Hugh Jackson is a quarterback guru, and this is something that Miles Crawley alluded to. He said, and I quote, he Hughes helped me improve my offensive understanding, especially from the quarterback position because he is such a quarterback guru. And I think you're going to need to show that. You were talking about Miles Crowley as a person who never got his real shot. And he's a starting level quarterback. It's going to be on Hugh Jackson to bring that out of him. And if this doesn't happen this year, and it's probably unfair, but whoever said things were going to be fair, you're going to have to point a finger. Is it Crowley? Is it, is it Jackson? Who is it? Because if this pairing doesn't work in year one, once again, I do believe it's kind of unfair to bank on a pairing to be really good in, in year one, but it has to show some signs of hope. If you don't see that in year one, is Hugh not the guy? Is Crawley not the guy? Do y'all continue to push in in year two and say, you know what? This will work with another year of chemistry underneath our belt. These are all things that you have to ask, but I won't get too carried away on the hypothetical because it is completely that. A hypothetical. But in this situation, you have a quarterback, one of the most important players on your team, no matter who your team is. You have a former Alabama State quarterback coming to Grambling to be their starting quarterback. In the circumstances of his departure, to me, caused a little bit of intrigue. 
And then you have Hugh Jackson, who's supposed to be a quarterback guru, and they're pairing to finally bring out this starting level quarterback that many people feel just needed his opportunity to show it. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of, and no, it's not play my music. I say, oh, yeah, before I don't only say play my music after, guys. But oh, yeah, I have a lot of intrigue in what Miles Crawley is going to look like for Grambling in 2023. But more than just that, there's intrigue because he is one of, if not the most important players on Grambling in 2023. So let's go ahead and dive into that fact as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most comfortable shorts on the planet. I'm so thankful. Look, if I don't do nothing else, let me say thank you to Bird Dogs real quick. Thank you for sending me my two free pair of Bird Dogs shorts. Extremely comfortable, extremely multi-purposeful. I'll use them for any and everything. So thank you for that. Now, if you want to understand why I have such gratitude towards Bird Dogs, then I think it's in your best interest that you go ahead and go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And one thing that they've done that I think is phenomenal, but you listen, when I say slash locked on college, don't get lazy when you get to the dot com and say, I'm just going to press in. No, if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, you don't even have to use a promo code any longer. All you have to do is go to that website and they will throw in a free Yeti tumbler. So go get the shorts with the anti-stink sweat wicking. Basically, ain't going to get funky down there. All right, you're going to appreciate it. Your partner's going to appreciate it. Everybody's going to be happy. But in order for that to happen, you have to go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. That is birddogs.com slash locked on college. And as we continue rolling with today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Now I need you to go to Locked on NBA Big Board because our six-episode first-round mock draft is here with all of the local experts. I seen a, a, a ESPN mock draft at home. I said, man, turn that crap off. I ain't watching no mock draft that is not the Locked On NBA mock draft because those are the experts who know more than these national guys who just get a couple of notes and recite some names. Go to Locked On NBA Big Board on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, and that will be the best promo that you will hear for that event. Now, Crawley, we've already identified why he is one of, or excuse me, the most interesting transfer into the SWAT. Situation, position, coach, all of those things, former situation, all of those things matter. But let's take all of the context out of it, because I alluded to this towards the end of the first segment. He is a quarterback, and because he is a quarterback, he is naturally one of the most important players on that team. Nine times, eight times out of ten, you're probably going to say he is the most important. However, he's too unproven for me for me to jump out the window and say that. So you still have players like Sunday Yada Anderson on the other side at a premium position in defensive end. At edge is a premium position. So with him being a swag as a player of the year candidate, I won't say that Crawley is the most important, but I would definitely and confidently say he is one of the most important because he might be a make or break piece of that offense. Because I'll tell you what, last year's offense due to the quarterback play was broken. They were broken. That was not a good offense last year. Now, 
here's here's the thing. Sometimes your eyes and the stats don't always line up. Sometimes your eyes and what the actual numbers say, you're like, dang, what? Was I, was I tripping? And I try to trust my eyes most of the time, or at least try to look, you know, or talk to people. My eyes don't match the stats. Hey, what did your eyes see? Are we all seeing the same thing? I'll give you a perfect example. I felt like Bethune Cookman in their passing game, terrible. I thought their passing game was horrendous last year, right? Let me not say horrendous, but I thought it was bad. I was like, this, this isn't good. They switched quarterbacks. They're kind of similar to Grambling. But they switched quarterbacks around, and I was like, this is not a good offense. This is not a good passing offense. I'm not, I'm not a fan of this. I don't want to watch this. That's what I was saying to myself. Then I went and looked at the stats when I was talking about Jalen Jones transferring, I think, to Chattanooga. They had the third best offense or the third most passing yards. Now, I will say this. There are some stats that back up me saying this is not a good offense. But Jalen Jones did way more than I thought he did. I just, it just, it just didn't feel like it. And sometimes ugly numbers are still numbers. It's just, it's ways to look around it. But every now and then your eyes and your stats don't exactly align. With Grambling, they do. With Grambling, I watched their offense. I watched the quarterback changes. And I said, this is pitiful. I don't, I don't like to see this. This is like grapes that are two weeks past their expiration date. Rotten, ugly, and terrible to look at, right? Because this is a situation where you go through multiple quarterbacks, Neither one. I never like going through multiple quarterbacks if it's not because of injury. And I don't like going back and back and back and back. If you're going to go to multiple quarterbacks, it needs to be the first guy, the second guy, and the second guy just rides it out. And we're talking, we're taking injury out. So don't, this isn't like North Carolina ANC who went through like four quarterbacks in a game to do the injury. This is about poor play. When Julian Calvez came in, that was because of poor play. That's that's why he came into the game. That's why you have Miles Crawley coming in, and he's going to be your guy. You have to correct that. Grambling was the third worst team in the SWAC when it came to yards, yards per attempt, and then also in touchdowns. They were extremely poor, and they were in double-digit interceptions. This was not a good passing offense. Now, the running game was solid, but it wasn't good enough to counteract it. It wasn't like Texas Southern, who was a top three, top four offense running the ball while they were pretty low passing the ball. Grambling didn't have a running game to counteract it to that degree. And then they also were down in a good amount of games, so they didn't have the ability to do that in some cases. So this is why I say that it's make or break for Miles Crawley, because he needs to improve that. Oh, excuse me, and I'm saying what their third worst at. I didn't get to the real worst aspect, and that's their completion percentage. Grambling had the worst completion percentage in the SWAC at 43.5. Now, we talked about Crawley not having all of the opportunities. He threw for 10 or more passes in four games last year. And in those games, his completion percentage were 50%, 59.3, 58.8, and 61.5. Significantly better than 43.5. Significantly better than the 43.5 that the quarterback unit accumulated for. And when you average out all of those numbers, and they're brought down by the 50%. When you look at when you look at the numbers, it's four of them. 59.3, 58.8, 61.5. Those are all 58 and above. It's brought down by a number. 61 is not the high that messes up the average. 50 is the low that messes up the average. But even when you take the numbers as is, with no qualifications around it, you're looking at 57.4% completion. That's what you're looking at, 57.4, which is a 14% jump almost from 43.5. Way different. Way different. 
You go from 12th, bottom of the swag, to fourth, nearly at third. That's the type of jump that you're looking for Miles Crawley to make because I think it's going to require that kind of jump. I really feel like nine times out of 10, your quarterback, and I know I keep saying that nine times, eight times out of 10, but it's just a way to show just how important that this quarterback position is to the game of football. And we all know it, but I think sometimes we need to really reiterate it and really hammer the point home. And this is one of those times. Nine times out of 10, you're going to go as far as your quarterback takes you. Your quarterback can break you. Even if your running game takes you a certain a certain level, most time your offense is going to be, or your running backs is going to be decided by your quarterback. Even if your running backs carry you a certain level, that's what I'm saying. I kind of broke it up and sounded weird. But even if you are carried by your running backs, at a point your quarterback's going to need to make a play. That's what I felt about Southern too. That's, that's just how I felt about him. But then also, here's the other thing, is that the players are getting behind Crawley. He's going to be the guy. Without a doubt, Crawley is going to be the guy. He's going to be the starter. Him and Lewis Matthews were both present at the Black College Football Induction Ceremony, or the Black College Football Hall of Fame Induction Ceremony, excuse me. And why is he there? Right, let's just be real. Why is, why is Crawley there if he's not going to be your quarterback? That's something you do with somebody who's going to be a face of your team. Your backup quarterback is not going to be the face of your team. You go through all of the backup quarterbacks throughout history. I can guarantee you at the beginning of every season, they weren't going to be the face of your team. I can guarantee you that Brock Purdy was not going to be the face of the, of the San Francisco offense in August. He wasn't. He likely isn't now either because they have Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. But like he wouldn't have been no matter what because he was a third string quarterback. I think we get the point here. Now you look at the quote that Lewis Matthews had to say about Crawley. And he said, we've connected ever since I met him, bonding over the little things like watching movies and playing video games. As the head of the offense, or excuse me, as the, as the head of the defense, I feel like building a bond with your quarterback will give us a better chance of working towards that championship. Before we go any further, your quarterback. There was no doubt. There was no second guessing. There was, there was no hesitance. It was strength and confidence behind that. Your quarterback, because that's what he is. I don't think that was a slip up either. I don't think it was, oh, well, he could be your quarterback. No, he is the guy. But even if you want to go beyond that, you look at Crowley already making the type of instant connections you want in a transfer quarterback. Somebody who's coming into your program, he, you want him to bond with your linebacker. You want him to bond with your all-swag player immediately. You want him to connect with guys. You want that same type of rapport with the wide receivers, with the running back, with the offensive lineman, with everybody. But you see he has it with at least one guy. And I'm not talking to the offensive lineman. The offensive lineman isn't giving quotes at the, at the induction ceremony. Lewis Matthews is. And Lewis Matthews has told you that that's our quarterback, essentially. I, I read into that. But he has told you that Miles Crowley, quarterback or not, has already made those type of connections and is already building rapport. When you build rapport, whether you're not whether or not you're a natural leader in the in the typical sense, people are going to rally around you if you can make connections immediately. This is a guy when you're looking at quarterback situation or quarterback position, situation he left, situation he's walking into with the coach, when how the, the all swag linebackers talking about him. When you're looking at the improvements that he can make to this offense, he is a make or break player. I told you once, I'll tell you again, he is the most interesting swag transfer. And he is one of the most important players for Grambling in 2023 
And speaking of 2023, speaking of important and impactful players, let's look at the Blue Bloods FCS All-American list and let's see which HBCU players made the take or made the cut. And I'll tell you what, North Carolina Central looks like one of the stars when it comes to this list. And we'll dive into that as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, making it all the way to segment three. I thank you two times for that. And the wait is over. You waited since Friday when I told you. And now we're here on Wednesday. It had a little speed bump, but I wanted to make sure we highlighted this. And I thought that, you know, honestly, I wanted to have it at the top of an episode, but I didn't want to keep pushing it back for another week. But Blue Bloods, my guy, good friend of the show, good friend of my own show or not, he dropped an FCS All-American list. And to me, North Carolina Central is one of the highlights of that list when we're talking about HBCUs. And is that a surprise? I don't think so. Because they have Davis Richard and Khalil Baker. So I don't think that should be a surprise. But when you really look at how much they highlighted this list, that did kind of catch me off guard. I will admit that. But let's read off the players, their position, their school, and then also what team they're on first it was three teams in this so you had Khalil Baker as the lone first team player the lone HBCU player to make a first team all-american list on here the defensive back out of North Carolina Central you have Colton Adams the tackling machine linebacker from Alabama State who made second team and that's the only defense or excuse me that's the only defender who made second team but then you have Trey Wilhoyt from FAMU that's a second team punter and those are your top two or top three. Those are your first and second team players. But when you look at the bulk of the HBCU representation on this list, it's third team. Now, I hate this because I know some people are going to be like, third team. Oh, they need to. Listen, third team All-American is still really good. All right. That still means you're one of the best players in the country in whatever grouping that we're talking about. Right. I don't hate that they're third team. I hate the reaction that I believe could come from them being third team but let's get into this list because now that's when you get it davius richard quarterback north carolina central the one that everybody had a problem with maybe i'll bring i got it maybe i'll ask blue and see if you come on the show and talk about that list anyway just thoughts that came to me jarvie and howard running back all corn torcelli simpson open offensive lineman north carolina central then you go to the defensive side elijah williams defensive lineman mississippi valley or not mississippi valley um i wrote mvsu on accident this is Morgan State. Sundiata Anderson, Grambling. Kenny Gallup Jr., Howard, defensive back. Sundiata Anderson, defensive lineman. And then you have Adrian Olivio, the kicker for North Carolina Central. Now, for me, the biggest takeaway is look at North Carolina Central. Look at all the players they have. You can go through them. Let's read them. Khalil Baker, Davius Richard, Tarselli Simpson, Adrian Olivio. That's four players who made this list. As I go through the list and read all of the other players, it doesn't appear that another school has more than one. So if you're talking about highlight impact players in the HBCU landscape, it would tell you that North Carolina Central has the most. Now, the lone first team All-American, the only person to make that cut. So let's just say he has, they have the best or, you know, let's general, I know it's it can go different kind of ways, but let's just say they have the best, if one of the top three, one of the top three players in HBCU football. Boom. 
Davius Richard, the best quarterback in HBCU football, the top guy on this list. Boom. Those are two of your most important things. One of the best overall players and the best quarterback. That's North Carolina Central. That's an All-American list. I could stop there, but then you have protection for them because we know that great quarterbacks can be absolutely taken down by horrible protection. Instead, you have an offensive lineman on this list. Then you have a kicker. And look, special teams don't always get value, which brings me to my another takeaway. FAMU and their importance that they place on special teams, I don't feel like should ever not be acknowledged. And I understand that having a great punter a lot of times doesn't feel like the sexiest thing to applaud. But having a great punter can help you with field position, which helps your defense. It can help your team overall. It helps a lot of things because let's say you have a bad punter and you have a 35-yard punt instead of a 52-yard punt, right? I'm just throwing numbers out there. That's 17 yards of field position and difference. And I think by making sure that you invest in special teams – it shows in it shows in that it shows your defense because instead of having the ball at the 40, your offense or your opponent has to get the ball at the 25. Like those are difference that can't be understated and they don't always get shown. They don't always get appreciated because who's really looking at how far the punt is. Punters are one of those positions where we kill, but we don't applaud. And I'll remove myself from the we so that I can applaud them here. But you look at just third team and then also just defense. That's the last takeaway is that defense is the most represented. There are only three players on the offensive side, Richard, Simpson, and Howard. That's the only offensive players here. Baker, defensive back, Adams, linebacker, uh, Anderson, defensive lineman, Williams, defensive lineman, Gallup Jr., defensive back. And then you have the two specialists in Will Hoy and Olivio. So when you're looking at this, HBCUs, highlighted by North Carolina Central. But if you're just taking off the school names, they're highlighted by the defensive players. And when you think about it, those are some of the names that we mentioned the most and I feel like have the most confidence in the least question marks around that. I am going to have to get on the phone with Blue and see when we can have him come on and break down some of these players and some of these lists because I know people. I know for a fact that people had a problem with Davius Richard being third team, and I would love for him to defend that point. So by the time you hear this, I'll probably have texted my guy Blue. So in the meantime, in between time, I appreciate you. Excuse me. Let me always show my gratitude. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. A user asked me to talk about the Kill Willie Simmons movement. So on Friday, that's what we will do. We will highlight this idea of kill Willie Simmons. Are you upset with the things that he's saying? And I'll give my response to that. And I'll give the, the listener a shout out, the viewer a shout out for that, because I do like doing topics that you want to hear. So if you drop a topic and I feel like I have something to say, I'll hundred percent say it, but you have to wait until next time. So in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.